Section 24 of Stories Without Tears This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Stories Without Tears by Barry Payne Section 24 Lovers on an Island 1. How sweet it would be, said Isabel to remain here forever in this lovely little island in the middle of the big, lonely lake, just you and I, Willie. Table d'hôtel at 7.30, said William gloomily, and we've got to get back for it, and then we shan't get another moment alone together till after nine, and even then we shan't unless we wander off into the garden together, and the last time we did that we were accused of selfishness. We're all right, but I can't make out what the rest of the world was made for. Truly it was an enchanting island, with tall trees where the heron built, and grey, moss-grown boulder where shy, rare lizard sunned themselves, and stretched on bracken. Here for a brief hour they had been quite out of the world, but it was five o'clock, and it would take them nearly two hours to get back to the hateful civilization and hateful civilization demanded them acidly and peremptorily. Listen, said Isabel, to the little wavelet talking nonsense all around the coast, making love to the silence. Oh, this fragment of pure, sequestered nature, nature as sweet as she always is when she is left to herself. And we're going back, said William to that inferior pothouse masquerading as a first-class hotel under the guidance of an intelligent Swiss, back to the soul that is really place, and to the creme of volaille, with a quadrupedal origin, and to the lamb that is frozen, and the peas that are tinned, and at the next table will be the reverend father, with the indigestion, and the mature lady with the conversation, and the satisfied American who tells us what he will do with this country when he has bought it. I don't like the people, said Isabel, and Mamma doesn't like them either, and the dinner isn't really as good as it looks and sounds. But all the same, you think too much about food. You're too material. I'm particularly spiritual by nature, said William modestly, but at dinner food is rather thrust on your attention and I have an honest man's hatred of imitations. Otherwise, my wants are few. A loaf of bread, a jug, or just the ordinary bottle of wine, and thou beside me singing in the wilderness, and nobody need trouble about me further. In fact, I wouldn't insist on the bread. It's... Good heavens! They had just come around the corner to the landing stage, and in one flash of an eye William had realized that the boat in which he had rowed Isabel across to the island was no longer there. "'The boat's got away!' cried Isabel in anguish. "'So I was observing, and I'm afraid it's my fault. I can't make it out, for the knot that I tied can't slip or go wrong. The harder the boat pulled, the tighter the knot would get. If there were or had been anyone on the island besides ourselves, I should say that someone had been having a little game with us. Oh, Willie, I've remembered. Can you forgive me? Not at present, because I've got nothing to forgive. But if you'll provide the material... It was my fault, all my fault. 
it was while you were struggling with our fire to boil the kettle i slipped back to the boat to get my parasol and it was right on the other end of the boat and i untied it to pull it round and then i tied it up again and i suppose that was it that's all right said william but what will everybody think and what will they do well with our customary secretiveness we never said where we were going they know that we took the tea basket and a rug he had been carrying these and he now put them down and that's all they know we might be up on one of the many noble mountains that give this desolate country its attraction for the tourists we might be over at the ruined abbey the lake is three miles away from the hotel and may never occur to them at all about half past eight or nine they will begin search partying but they won't have the faintest idea where to search if we had hired the boat the men who led it could have been dependent upon to rescue us but this is jefferson's private boat which he gave me the use of and i doubt very much if anybody saw us unlock the boathouse and get it out if we'd been trying to steal the boat we should have had some of his men round us in no time so taking one consideration with another we shall certainly be rescued but quite possibly it won't be till to-morrow morning it's perfectly awful but i'm quite sure someone will come for us long before that don't look so downhearted willie it will only mean that your dear dinner will be put off for an hour or two i don't mind it a bit it's rather adventurous and romantic yes but there's just a chance that it will be beastly uncomfortable for you if we have to stop here all night that's what i don't like we aren't going to stop here some other boat will come over bit late in the day for it well something's certain to happen it always does on desert islands now what ought we to do i'm told there's a lot of queer cross currents in the lake and it's quite possible our boat may have drifted in again we'll just go round the island and look i'll go along if you're tired not a bit i'll go one way and you'll go the other and we'll meet then we shall do it in half the time the entire circuit of the island could be made in twenty minutes and they had in all probability many vacant hours before them but there is a joy in saving time even when it is a very little time and you have no particular use for it whole gentlemen of an obese habit will run to catch a train on the underground when there's another in three minutes and then there are inquests so william and isabel encircled the island but they found no trace whatever of their boat isabel said that she had been quite sure from the start that that would never do and now she said i know what well what is it we must try smoke signals they often used it in the natives you know natives of where how should i know just plain natives you get in travel books i see said william gravely and then they set to work collecting bracken for the smoke signal one of jefferson's gardeners was to see it answer it and start to the rescue at once of that isabel felt quite sure in the meantime her word travel books had started her on a train of thought as she gathered the bracken willie dearest she said suddenly we ought to have a barrel of pickled pork very little injured by the sea water people always have that on desert islands they do said william it is washed up from the wreck 
they've lost their parents and the wreck but they don't think nearly so much about losing their parents as about finding that barrel however it's no good complaining we've got no pickled pork and no sea water to damage it with we've got no wreck said isabel that's the initial mistake when you're cast upon a desert island you have the wrecked vessel fixed firmly on the adjacent coral reef that is so in the story books and it comes in very usefully for that wreck does not stop at pickled pork anything you want from a steam crane to a toothpick is washed out from the captain's cabin and delivered safely on the beach at your feet next morning yes i know that wreck it's a gratis whiterly with the tide has the vans i don't know that i don't miss the patent desert island animal even more you know those animals they're wild but not so very wild when george or any of the desert island family gets hold of them they become rapidly docile george finds an hippopotamus and treats it kindly next day it is still a little shy but by the end of the week george is driving it in tandem in a curricle washed up from the wreck of course with an iguana as leader what's an iguana haven't the faintest idea but i'm pretty certain i've come across it in the desert island stories we've got nothing of the kind here we haven't even got the deep dark forest of eucalyptus and opodeldoc with the monkeys swinging in it all packed with breadfruit guava jelly and ripe bananas oh this is nothing of a desert island and i don't care how soon we get out of it varia immutabilis semper an hour ago you didn't care how long we stopped here yes said isabel but there's a difference between stopping because you want to stop and stopping because you can't get away here we must have got enough bracken for a fire by now william struck a match the dry fern blazed freely and a column of smoke went up on the still hair but no answering signal came from the mainland and gradually they realized that their fire had not been seen or had not been understood isabel strained her eyes to see a boat being rowed towards them but no boat came this begins to be a nuisance she said impatiently it's nearly seven and i am simply faint with hunger and fatigue what a fool i was to let you tie yourself at gathering that bracken said william however i'll bring up the rug and the tea basket and we must do the best we can very likely your smoke signal was seen and they're on the way to us by now on the way to us they'd have been here by this time you said yourself we shouldn't get off before tomorrow and i don't for a moment suppose we shall get off then it gets frightfully cold at night too never mind it can't be helped it was silly of me to let you arrange things that's all decidedly fatigue hunger and disappointment were doing deadly work with isabel's temper two luckily said william as he unscrewed the stopper of the bottle when one goes on a tea picnic one always takes far too much milk that milk will be very useful now milk is a food you know one doesn't starve when one has milk who says that milk is a food the doctors say so well i say milk is not a food milk's a drink you drink it you don't eat it how can it be a food william good-natured and pusillanimous said that the doctors were very likely wrong doctors often were and there's only about a teacup full of it said isabel 
I never touch milk myself, except in tea, lied William. It makes me ill. Lots of men are like that. I'm almost certain I've seen you drink it. Never! Unfortunately, we used all the tea at tea time. In fact, we seem to have used everything. There are a few biscuits, and ha! Any amount of butter. How many biscuits will there be each? Oh, I'm not going to spoil my dinner by eating anything now. There isn't going to be any dinner, said Isabel, in tones of the deepest melancholy. We shan't get it for two or three hours, perhaps, but I'm certain we shall get it ultimately. We'll get off this accursed island somehow. Cheer up, Izzy. Isabel did her best to smile faintly. She let herself be persuaded into drinking all of the milk and eating all of the biscuits, and her conscience smote her. She was a very good girl, and as a rule her conscience had little to do, so on the rare occasions where her conscience did get to work, it did not always work in the most approved manner. Here, for instance, it urged her to prove that she was quite right. I'm quite sure, she said, that you think I'm in a horribly bad temper, Willie. William laughed. Not a bit of it. Naturally, this isn't much fun for you. I wasn't thinking of myself, said Isabel, with, I fear, a touch of the Christian martyr in her voice. I was thinking about poor Mamma and the others, how terribly anxious they'll be. Have you thought of that? Yes, but they won't have begun to be anxious yet. They won't begin to be really troubled before nine. We've been late for dinner before sometimes, you know. Yes, and they've talked to us about it, and we promised that we would never be late again. Well, it's not really our fault this time. We know that, of course. And our own people will know it too, and believe it. But will the rest of the people in the hotel believe it, or will they believe we did it on purpose? It's horrible. It's compromising. We've been engaged a year. We are to be married next month. That doesn't stop people's tongues. There are a lot of ways of stopping people's tongues, said William darkly. By this time, Isabel had quite justified herself in her own mind and believed that she had a legitimate cause for grievance. It's really rather too bad, she said. Naturally, I leave you to manage everything. One always leaves it to the man. Then you bring me on this horrible place, and then you go and lose the boat. And you don't seem to have the faintest idea what to do to get us away again. An emergency like this is a test, and you really don't come out of it very well. It destroys one's confidence. One doesn't feel that one can depend on you to get one through. You can only just stand there and talk. This was severe on the island. It had been a fragment of pure, sequestered nature. It was now a horrible place. It was severe on William, too, for after all it was Isabel, and not he, who had lost the boat. And if he did nothing, it was chiefly because there was nothing to do. Isabel was on the verge of tears, and at her consummate worst. I'm most awfully sorry, said William. I know how trying it must be for you. I'll go and get the stuff together for another fire. It will show up better when it is dark. You can try it, of course, said Isabel resignedly. 3. William went, and at that moment his luck turned right around. At first he could hardly believe his eyes. There was the boat, 
brought back by the queer currents of the lake drifting quietly along as if it had never done anything wrong in its life easy he called it's all right come along home she came running towards him he pointed out the boat return of the wanderer he said yes but it's drifting away from us and even now it's quite out of reach i'm prepared to bet one hundred pounds to one hayseed that is not out of my reach said william please hold my coat for a minute he waded the first part of the way and swam the rest and he brought back the boat as he stood on the shore panting and wringing the water from his clothes as well as he could isabel's conscience smote her once more and by this time it had got into thorough working order and smote hard and truly willie you're soaked and you'll simply catch your death of cold not i rowing will keep me warm if you'll just catch hold here i'll fetch the basket and rug when he came back he found her repeating with all the solemnity of a litany i'm a beast i am a pig i won't forgive myself i'll never 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 forgive myself hullo he exclaimed what's all the trouble i'm ashamed of myself i'm very sorry you gave me up altogether if you like it will only serve me right afraid i can't not got time for one thing tumble in sweetheart all right off we go then as he pulled her away from the island she continued it was simply splendid the way you brought that boat in i never saw anything like it it was magnificent and to think that you did it all for the stupid spitefully cowardly she-cat that i am i say don't go on like that said william or you'll make me laugh and i can't laugh and pull at the same time to think that i sneered at the intelligent swiss who runs our hotel. shan't i fly at this warmed-up garbage as soon as i get a chance i do wish you hadn't gone into the water like that it won't do me any harm and it will do us collectively good it proves that we really did lose the boat you're an angel and luck having now decided to take the lovers in hand did the thing thoroughly well they tucked the boat up in the little home by the edge of the lake and took the path up into the main road and they had hardly reached the road before they heard behind them the sound of a quick throttling horse that's vera exclaimed william must be the horse and cart swung around the corner into sight by jove it is hi there tom vera was a fast mare belonging to the proprietor william always maintained that the intelligent swiss must have stolen her on the grounds that the swiss would never have bought so good an animal and nobody would have been fool enough to give her to him the man pulled up and william helped her into the cart you'll be home in a quarter of an hour he said but aren't you coming too too wet i'll run for it i shan't be long after you on his arrival he found that she had already established for him a serviceable reputation as a hero and a genius at the utmost of his exploit was that he had swum a few yards in his clothes and recognized the horse he felt that he had obtained the reputation at a very moderate cost the hotel dinner was over but the intelligent swiss susceptible to the beauty of isobel and the long purse of her father did wonders they dined well under the admiring supervision of isobel's family the swiss produced with an air of mystery a very special bottle no he said to william 
that is not on the vine list it is not filled that i have drunk it myself and isabel explained to her mother that if you were in a railway collision a colliery explosion a shipwreck and an earthquake simultaneously you were quite all right as long as you had william with you if i'd been with anybody else i should have been sitting on that darling little island without any dinner at this moment the length of the swim increased and multiplied exceedingly by the end of dinner it was represented that william had swum halfway across the lake she also proved that but for william there would have been no cart to take her swiftly home from the lake i do not know how she did this because the cart would have overtaken her in any case and even if she had not recognized the horse the man tom would certainly have recognized her and pulled up so i do not know how she did it but she did it and with such enthusiasm as to convince all who heard her with the solitary expression of william himself he protested frequently and firmly until he found that he was merely earning another reputation for excessive modesty then he gave up but it was pleasant to sun himself in his lady's favour once more four long after isabel had gone to bed william sat in the hotel smoking-room consuming many cigarettes and listening to the converse of an aged angler now the angler was a cynic which is not wonderful while the angler is not catching fish that is for by far the greatest part of the time that he is trying to catch them he has leisure for meditation and his meditations are likely to take a bitter tone but i do not know why all cynics are extremely liable to say things about women there seems to be no reason for it the aged angler's principal opponent was the dyspeptic clergyman whom william and isabel had dignified by the name of reverend father but to-night the reverend father had gone to bed early in a state of harassing doubt as to whether it had been wise of him to take a second helping of ice pudding consequently the aged angler had room to spread himself and he talked on the subject of woman you will never find in any woman he cried dictatorially a really perfect sense of truth and justice even the best of them have not got it the best woman in the world will blame her husband for what is really rank bad luck and not his fault in the very least if the train in which they are travelling breaks down and she has a few hours to wake she always feels and acts as if her husband was in some way responsible but then said william she also praises and loves her husband for his good luck for which also he is not responsible one injustice cancels the other and they both go out and so no harm's done you really think like that certainly then all i can say is that you have no proper sense of justice yourself very likely said william and i'll bet you the want of it doesn't keep me awake at night good night everybody of course said the age angler when william had gone we have to take into account that he's very much engaged to be married poor chap and of section twenty four